0: Welcome to Smash Pieces, a casual walk through the history of the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate roster. My name is Joe. And my name is Matt. And if you're new here, what we're doing on this show is we are playing one game for every character in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate from 1984's Duck Hunt to 2019's Fire Emblem Three Houses. Except this is a bonus episode, so this one doesn't represent a character. Because we're talking about the 2000 Nintendo 64 game... Paper Mario.
1: The series that isn't allowed to be itself anymore.
0: Yeah. I, I think it was a mix of, first of all, this is on NSO, so it was relatively easy to play. And second of all, I mean, we're going to probably hit Thousand Year Door next year.
1: <laughs> soonish, maybe.
0: In the relatively
1: near future at the very least, so... Why not? Fuck it, right? And I actually have not uh, played this one since I was a kid, until now. I
0: played it once, but that was like almost... I want to say that was in like
1: 2014? It was a lot of memories coming back to me for this one, while also kind of like... understanding some things for the first time. Because... I would say that this is the first time that I've really gotten a handle of this game's combat because I I really took advantage of some of the the weirder builds that you can do with badges. Specifically, uh, the build where you just stay at low health forever and do 6 HP extra damage every hit. Uh,
0: I never got to that point. Uh, I'm not super great at the action commands. I'm not terrible. Like, I can land most of the attack ones. And sometimes land the defense ones.
1: Oh, that's what the that badge that makes action commands easier is for. Sure is. Um, I don't know if I just always had that badge on as a kid, but but like I I remembered action commands being a lot easier than this in general. I don't know if they're like more forgiving in Thousand Year Door, but at the beginning of the game, I was missing action commands left and right. If I remember correctly, I think they I think they are. Hmm. But so. Well, we should probably
0: actually explain what Paper Mario is. What's Paper Mario, Matt? I don't know.
1: It's Baby's first RPG. Basically. It, it, it is a spiritual successor to Super
0: Mario RPG. In fact, according to the Wikipedia article, uh, Nintendo's plan was to have Square develop it. But they were kind of occupied with developing a game called Final Fantasy VII. And we all know how that worked out between Nintendo and square. Yeah, they kind of
1: stopped being friends, so instead they got the company that makes Fire Emblem on it. You know, a great fit. I mean, obviously they were, but like... Who uh, at this time were putting the finishing touches on a Super Famicom game that was released as a digital download. That's a Satellaview, right? No. What? Wait, yeah. then what was the Citella view. So this, so this uh, Fire Emblem Thracia 776 was originally released for, through the Nintendo Power Flash cartridge in 1999 for Super Famicom. And it got a proper physical release the following year. The fuck?
0: Okay, sure. Uh, but yeah, Paper Mario is a game uh, with a very interesting battle system. That is, again, very, very closely based on, I believe, the battle system in Mario RPG. I've barely played any of Mario RPG, but I'm pretty sure there's something similar in that game.
1: It's not exactly the same, but it's got the same ideas going on overall.
0: Basically, the idea is uh, if you hit A right before your attack lands, then you do extra damage. Or for some of the partners, there are different uh sort of actions that you do like sometimes you mash the a button a lot sometimes you mash the a button sometimes you uh hold back the stick for a certain amount of time or push back the stick multiple times all sorts of all sorts of stuff
1: in Um, in one case you like have to press the a button b button and down c button as it appears on screen yep and if you press
0: A right before the enemy's attack hits you, then you will uh, reduce the amount of damage that
1: you take by one. So, And unlike Thousand Year Door, you do not have a super action command where you can nullify all damage for an even smaller window. So you you do take hits in this game. And if you want to run that low HP build, you do need to rely on some of the badges that make it so that enemies just randomly miss you a lot. Which isn't super reliable. Yeah, I actually took that off because it stopped working. (laughs) The close call? Yeah. Well, once you stop being at low health very often. Because you were actually upgrading your HP, which I wasn't.
0: Oh, I put every, all of my
1: stats were at cap by the time I finished the game. All of them, all three. Badge points and flower points were for me, but uh, eventually I had to start putting into HP because it wouldn't let me continue without doing so. So I, f- I finished the game with, like, 20 max HP, I think. 30 does not feel like enough for BP.
0: It is not. I agree that that is not a high enough fucking cap. Uh, Because, especially given, like, you'll get badges that are really good, and it's like, they cost six spots. Fuck you. Yep.
1: And, and you yeah. just don't get to use some of the quality of life ones, like the speedy spin. Yeah. Like... I really like the speedy spin. It feels essential.
0: Doesn't doesn't fit with my build. But uh the badges I think are interesting. obviously like Dazzle Door uses badges too. Um so we'll have more time to talk about those when we get there, I think.
1: I think badges are a really interesting way to do equipment where instead of getting like armor and weapons and such. I mean, you are getting new weapons as the game goes on, but like instead of regularly getting new things, like you're comparing stats and putting better stuff on frequently, instead the badges are kind of trade-offs for each other, where you can really work your way into a particular build where the game feels different based on what badges you use.
0: See, most of my badges, I think I had two defense up badges and one attack up badge by the end of the game. So, things did not do a lot of damage to me. Speaking of stats, I have one bone to pick with this game's uh, design in general, overall. And that is, I don't really dig how it handles
1: level ups.
0: Specifically, you stop getting star points from enemies very quickly.
1: Yeah, it does not let you be overpowered. And the thing with that is I
0: understand that the idea is that like yeah we want you to be at a specific power level for this part because otherwise you're just going to fucking steamroll it and where's the fun in that but at a certain point you'll hit a point where killing pretty much every enemy gives you nothing and at that point fights are an annoyance cuz they're they're pointless they're worthless You don't get anything from them.
1: I think this is related to how you said you were at max level when you finished the game.
0: No, even before that. Even before that, this was happening. Like, I I came up against this in every single chapter where just maybe not like the zero star points, but I would very quickly hit the point where I got one Mm. for every fight in general. And it's like, then why why am I bothering? But I don't have a choice. If I get into a fight, then you have to fight or you have to run away, which you get punished for running away. It's not a huge punishment, but it's still a punishment in general.
1: It's not like coins have any real use since items are kind of not great.
0: Oh, yeah. Items are kind of especially healing items. They're all fucking worthless, except for Wacka Bumps, which you get for free.
1: Well, the oh, pro- the problem is that items aren't worthless, but you can hold so few of them. Because healing, healing items get really good if you like actually get into the cooking stuff. But you can only hold like 10 items. That's not enough to like actually have everything you might need in battle. And it just it it just makes everything you have all the more important because if you're using items through a dungeon, then you're going to run out by the time that you get to the boss. And then you just have to like run all the way out and come all the way back in. And it's like this game feels like the reason why I I trained myself to hoard items as a kid.
0: I have a lot of reasons for that. But, like, you talked about it kind of being annoying that some quality-of-life features are stuck behind badges. There is a solution to the problem I am describing. It's something that Earthbound did. Earthbound did this! If you encounter an enemy that is way weaker than you, you just automatically win and they die.
1: There's a badge for that that...
0: Yep, that is in this game, but you have to equip a badge for it to happen. And that I had that badge equipped because at a certain point, it was just F- fights were pointless. They were just they were just a way for me to lose health and be annoyed at a certain point, uh, especially in the last chapter. Um, but yeah, it that that happened quite a bit, and I, I, again, I understand why it is designed that way, but I don't really like it, especially in a game like this where, like, it's not traditional level ups. Like, your attack and defense is not going up. Your defense never goes up without badges, I'm pretty sure. Attack does as you get, like, stronger hammers and stronger boots and all that
1: shit, but your defense never goes up, which part of that I I do like because I kind of like that the levels are kept like the numbers are kept very low. It's it's very rare for you or enemies to do double digit numbers. I think the only enemy that I can think
0: of that did double digit damage was the crazy daisies, the, the gold daisies that give you like 40 star points when you kill them. I never saw one of those. And, you know, that's. That's because they're in Flower Fields, and why would you ever go back to Flower Fields? Flower Fields sucks. Flower Fields is the, like, genuinely the worst part of the game. It's an entire world of filler. Um, it is it is bad for the same reason that uh, Twilight Town is bad in Thousand Year Door, but uh, the difference being that at least in Twilight Town you get to meet Vivian, and at least it has Dupless, and there is nothing even remotely as fun or interesting in Flower Fields.
1: Flower Fields is just, like, a fetch quest filler arc. Pretty much. Where it's, you get, like, my least favorite party member. It's... Oh, God.
0: I had forgotten that party member fucking existed. I don't think I used him. Ever. And just, like... I mean, granted, there were, like, three party members that I used. By the end of the game... The only party members that I regularly used were, uh, is it Goombart, Goombario?
1: Oh, I never I, used Goombario.
0: I used him for Tattle,
1: and then he went back in the box. Uh, <laughs> I got to the point where uh, wasting two turns on Tattle and then switch out was just not worth it. Uh, so I used him for Tattle, but for fights it
0: was pretty much entirely Bow. Because Bo does one more damage than every other party member.
1: Um, yeah, unless an enemy has any defense. Then she does
0: nothing. But uh, usually she does one more damage than, than any other party member. But if uh. you have an enemy with high defense, then it's... What's his fucking name? The spark thing? Watt. Yeah, Watt. Watt is good for enemies with high defense. And that was it.
1: That Those were the ones I used. I used Cooper a lot because, you know, multi-target attacks are really good. Uh, Bombette was also good for this, but she uses a ton of flower points. Uh, I also found myself sticking, uh, having like sushi out for a uh, lot of the end game because she could just like give you extra defense points. Hmm. And I never used lack Lester, ever.
0: I didn't use Lacka and I tried not to use uh, Paracarry, not because I think Paracarry is bad, but because for some reason I can just never get his action commands ever. I just can't do it. They're a little hard, uh, but it's uh, but Lady Bow and Watt. Those are the two. Those are my those are my children, my wife, and this weird child that I found in a toy box. Yeah, Watt's really good. Watt feels like he is there specifically for bosses. <laughs> <laughs> Cause he, uh, he just he, he ignores defense. He ignores defense
1: completely. I mean not many of that not that many bosses have defense.
0: It's it's really funny to me that he just fucking he's kinda OP in that way, honestly. Just a little bit.
1: I mean it's also kind of a necessary power to have, and also like I don't think Watt has any multi hit attacks or multi target attacks. He doesn't, but he can also, much like
0: sushi, can up your defense. Uh, he can up your attack. Mm.
1: And sushi does have a multi-target attack too. So I, I, I think that's Watt's big weakness. Like oh, if he you're does, against,
0: he he does have a multi-target attack. I just don't think it kills. It paralyzes if it hits.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, it's a status effect. But like you can't do multi-target damage with Watt. And I think that's the big thing that holds Watt back.
0: Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I think I agree with that but those are basically... Cooper I used a lot at the beginning of the game because Cooper is, like, until you get Bo, he is 100% the best party member. Like, Mm -hmm. objectively the best party member.
1: (laughs) And that's sure not Goombario that's the
0: best. The the fuck no. If Goombario didn't let me see health bars, he would never see the light of day again.
1: (laughs) As a Goomba deserves. Pretty
0: much. Though, I... Look, I like... I was going to say I like the one in Thousand Year Door, but I forget her name. Um, so
1: maybe, maybe, maybe I don't. I'm not helping you with this. You're going to live with that shame.
0: Yeah, probably. Look, in Thousand Year Door, I'm pretty sure I use the Yoshi most of the time, but I don't remember. We're going to find out, I guess. Oh, Vivian, Vivian and the Yoshi. Those are the two that I use in there.
1: How do you feel about, like, the the sense of adventure in this game? Like, touring the Mushroom Kingdom and, like, seeing, like, all these different areas of it with, like, the different creatures and stuff? Uh, depends on the area. Besides flower fields? Uh, depends on the
0: area. (laughs) For the most part, they're all fine. Uh, I think the forest is a pain in the fucking ass, and it's really boring. (sighs) A little bit. It's not even a hard puzzle, but it goes on. So long.
1: It just keeps going. That one feels like a a very contained arc overall. Like that whole chapter, like you don't really see an area. You see like three distinct spots Mm -hmm. that don't really have any continuity between them.
0: But otherwise, I mean, they're fine. I don't know. I feel like Thousand Year Door does a lot better a job making sure everything has personality on its own because as it is in this game it's now you're in the desert now you're in the forest the haunted house the field
1: that's true but this is still like the most personality that mario got to have so far i think and i i think it's cool like talking to all the npcs in this game Uh, like, if you're just trying to blaze through the game, you're gonna miss a lot of that, but there's a lot of character and personality in the NPCs, especially if you're, like, regularly talking to the ones in Toad Town, because they have a lot to say, and there's a lot going on with them. Like, I did a- I did a few side quests in this, too. Oh, yeah, the writing- the writing is really funny. The- I think I gave up
0: delivering letters after a while, but that's the only side quest I think I really
1: did? Unless I just missed a ton, there's not really that many letters to deliver. Yeah, I just gave up finding them. I decided I didn't care.
0: (laughs) Uh, You know me, I'm not a big side quest doer Mm. in RPGs, as people are going to learn very quickly.
1: I also went to every single map in Dry Dry Desert and got Goombario's tattle for every single one of them.
0: Yeah, I didn't do that. I I actually feel the game developers
1: being upset that they had to write those. I actually forgot... That
0: Goombario could do that until you told me about that. uh, And then I still didn't use it because I didn't care. (laughs) Though, granted, that's less to say about me not caring about that feature and more, I don't want to talk to Goombario.
1: Fair. (laughs) But that's why it's great talking to him in the desert because he's just miserable. Good. He deserves it. He's stupid and I
0: wish his grandpa came with me instead. Yeah,
1: Goompa was awesome.
0: (laughs) In fact, I'll take literally any member of his family that's not him. I'll take his little sister, for fuck's sake.
1: Did you do any of the the requests for the mayor of Koopa Village? Uh,
0: I don't think so. I might have done one, but I don't remember.
1: He's got like a ton of stuff that he asks you to do. And one of them is he asks you to go to Goompa and get the tape. And he says that Goompa will, will know what you're talking about. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Tape of who? Who's
0: on the tape, Goomba? Is it you? It's a good game, though. Uh, I like Paper Mario a lot. I... Again, I think Thousand Year Door is a better game in, like, every single possible fashion. Because it's an, it's an improvement over everything in this game. I mean, yeah, I think. I it, It's been roughly the same amount of time since I played Thousand Year Door than it had been since I'd played Paper Mario 64 the first time.
1: I mean, I I, I feel pretty confident in saying that Thousand Year Door is kind of a sequel that totally displaces the original. It's just better in pretty much every way, but I don't think that the original is bad. I think there's still a lot a lot to love about it, especially as, like, the first foray into, like, really exploring... Like, the character and personality in the Mushroom Kingdom. Because I don't really get... Obviously, I haven't played Mario RPG, but I don't get the vibe that it really, like, focused on that personality as much. As much it was kind of, like... It wasn't it was it wasn't as much of, like, a, a fun, light-hearted, fanservice RPG. It was more trying to be Final Fantasy, but in Mario. Which, yeah, obviously Square Enix made it. Or Square made it, but...
0: Yeah. I feel like that probably has a lot to do with that, being that, like, at least Intelligent Systems had some connection to Mario, sort of, kind of. They had connections to Nintendo. Square was just sort of
1: their own thing. Their vibe is, is kind of better for Paper Mario than Square's.
0: Yeah, Square, Square is more focused on, like, was more focused on, like, serious RPGs. And granted, Intelligent Systems was making fucking Fire Emblem, so not that far away, but, you know, it turned out they were a good fit, I guess, to think that the same people that make this and Fire Emblem also make fucking WarioWare.
1: They also made a Mario Kart. What? They made Super Circuit.
0: What the Fuck. Yeah. You guys, you guys did a bad job on that one. No, uh, they didn't. Wait, which one's Super Circuit?
1: Is that the, the Game one? Boy Advance one?
0: Eh, I'm not a big fan of that one.
1: I think, it's, I think it's as good as a Game Boy Advance Mario Kart could possibly be.
0: Yeah, but that's still bad. Um, <laughs> But, like, yeah. They also made Tetris Attack? What? They made Penalty Pon? What? Oh, no, I think I did know that, actually. I think I did know that. I don't know why I knew that, but I'm pretty sure I knew that. They just make stuff. Yeah. I mean, granted, nowadays they are Paper Mario, Fire Emblem, WarioWare. And Codename Steam. Do they make Rhythm Heaven? I, know
1: I Rhythm think Rhythm Heaven is the WarioWare is the They're WarioWare not team, isn't it? uninvolved in Rhythm Heaven, but they, uh, they don't make it.
0: Hmm. Interesting. They have a they have a wide variety of skills is what I'm saying. Yeah. Also, don't bring up Project Steam in my presence. That game's not real. Codename and um, Steam, thank you. Oh, codename Steam. Sorry. What else? Uh, what about sorry, Pushmo? I got the I'm sorry I got the fake game's name wrong. What about Pushmo? I never played Pushmo, but I heard it was good. I know people that liked it. How about game and Wario? I didn't play Game and Wario, and I have absolutely zero interest in playing it.
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: Yeah, it. I. I wanted a WarioWare game. goddammit. it! <laughs> that wasn't a <laughs>
1: WarioWare game. Fuck you. But yeah, uh, the, the original Paper Mario. It's it's quaint. It's fun. Um, I. It's not as good as Thousand Year Door, but I still think it is worthwhile.
0: Yeah, i I think it is worthwhile to play it before you play Thousand Year Door,
1: because uh, Thousand Year
0: Door is just better. In in much the same way that like I'm not gonna recommend you go play Persona Three FES right after you play Persona Five. Um, not that like in the no, same I way do, as I like I do
1: recommend you do that. I think you I think you have I think you have ruined people by saying that too much. 'Cause now people are just like, well, I can't I can't ever play Persona Three because I've played Persona 5.
0: This is like the I, first time I've ever said that. Um but I, do, I, I don't, disagree. I don't mean that as in like P five makes Persona I like Persona three the best. I don't mean that as in like P five makes Persona three bad. It's just all the quality of life changes. You'll miss them. You'll miss all of them. Portable, if you're gonna play three, play portable. That's the one. I have never beaten Portable, but I've played enough to know that it's it's, it's got the quality of life changes you want. But yeah, it's, I would play this before you play Thousand Year Door. And that is a call to action that if you are planning to play Thousand Year Door with us, maybe go play this first.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I would say definitely do play this one, but it is just not as good as Thousand Year Door.
0: Uh, in terms, speaking of not as good as Thousand Year Door... I don't find the music to be that memorable in this game.
1: So, but there is, I think there is one song that is really fucking good. And that is the uh, Tubba Blubba Battle Theme.
0: I guess I sort of agree with that
1: this one was like as a kid this was my favorite fucking song
0: I only remember off the top of my head one song and it's because it drove me fucking it's it was like staring into the abyss hearing this song for the entire chapter and that's the music for shy guys toy box <laughs>
1: Man, what a chapter, huh? I don't know
0: what it was about that music, but oh my fucking god, it drove me insane the entire time. I I was just I I pretty sure at a certain point I fucking muted the game, and I don't play games on mute.
1: It's such a weird chapter. It's a really weird
0: chapter. Uh and that I I can't think of... I guess the Toad Town music is pretty all right.
1: It also Ah. has a Shy Guy version. It sure
0: does, but I, I can't think of anything else that stood out to me as like, oh fuck yeah, this is a jam. Um... Like, I don't think the music's bad, it's just I didn't find it to be that memorable.
1: The Crystal King theme is pretty cool, because it's got like these these weird riffs that are going on in the middle of it. Yeah, most songs in this game, they kind of feel like they're like a great idea that never really got finished.
0: And that's another thing, like I said, that's another thing I think uh, Thousand-Year Door does better. Because I could not, without going to listen to it right now, tell you what the battle theme in Paper Mario sounds like. But I can still tell you the Thousand-Year Door. Granted, that's because it starts with the Mario Brothers theme the most famous video game theme ever written. But, like, I can still clearly hear that battle theme in my head. And I haven't played that game in 10 fucking years. And I don't feel like I can do that with any song in this game, unfortunately.
1: I can just do that with uh, the lava battle theme, because that's just, it's just too good a theme. But that's, like, the only one that really gets, gets it going for me.
0: Oh, before we end this episode, uh hey, what's the worst boss? I bet we have the same answer. Uh we don't. Do we not? No. What's your worst boss? Crystal King. Oh, mine is Huffinpuff. Uh I beat Huff and Puff first try. Oh, so did I. I still hate him. <laughs> okay. That boss sucks.
1: That boss is bad. It was fine, I guess. He's bad. He's a uh, bad actually, boss. Actually, my answer is different depending on whether we're talking about playing on Nintendo Switch Online or literally any other version. Because if we're playing on Nintendo Switch Online, it's Lava Piranha. I see Lava Piranha I had zero trouble with. Really? Did you not have the horrific frame rate issues that made it impossible to do action commands? Not that I noticed. Because I sure did. Like, it was literally running at half the frame rate. And it wasn't like, oh, it was running slow. It was like, those frames don't exist. Which makes it real cool when the timing window for your action commands just isn't there.
0: Yeah, I don't remember having that issue on my... I mean, I believe 100% that that happened to you because the (laughs) NSO N64 app is put together with string... (laughs)
1: i think i put a clip on twitter
0: but yeah i i personally did not have that issue during that boss as far as i'm aware of i remember that boss being rather easy
1: it it was it normally is rather easy but like my experience with that with the the frame rate issues it, it made it fucking on it was awful it was the only boss i needed to save state my way through i didn't use save states like at all in this game but for that boss i had to I used save states in the final
0: area because that was the point where it was like fighting enemies was a waste of time. So I would save state and mm. make sure I jumped on the enemies so they died without me getting in a fight. And that's literally the only time I used save states in the whole fucking game. Good. Pretty good game. I,
1: it just I, could be
0: a bit better. I honestly have nothing else to say about it. I This game doesn't feel like an N64 game. I think it's I think it's the art
1: style. It's very close to not being an N64 game because it's so late N64.
0: Yeah, but like just in general it doesn't feel like an N64 game at all.
1: I mean, it's kind of like, it's what we talked about with Dr. Mario where it's like there's so N- there's so few N64 games that use sprites. Yeah, that's part of it. And this one uses uses sprites to very good effect.
0: Yeah, that's that's honestly part of it. I got nothing else to say about Paper Mario 64. It's Mario's made of paper
1: and he's got and that's not the only joke in the entire game.
0: Yeah. Pretty much uh as far as I'm aware, I haven't played anything past like half of Super Paper Mario, but as far as I'm aware that uh that doesn't stay the
1: case. It is not it is not the only joke, but by god it's a joke that they sure think is still funny.
0: Anyways, thank you for listening everybody. We talked about Paper Mario. It's a game on the Nintendo 64 that you can play on the Nintendo Switch Online app, which you got to pay you need the expansion pack for it. And you got to pay for that extra extra for that. You know. You know how it is. Fun month.
1: fact, Paper Mario on N64 did not need or use the expansion pack.
0: Neither did most of the games that are on. I'm pretty sure the only game that does on the service so far is Majora. I'm sure we'll get
1: DK64 someday.
0: Oh, DK64, probably Banjo-Tooie. I can't remember any of the others off the top of my head. Perfect Dark,
1: maybe. That, I mean, that's all of them. That's pretty much every game that used the expansion pack.
0: Perfect Dark technically required it, didn't it? For something?
1: For a split screen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, you can follow me on Twitter at StringPixel. You can follow Matt at GrimaceDuminus. But you can also follow our editor who doesn't edit ban- bonus episodes, but he's still pretty cool, and you should follow him anyway. Uh, his name is Peter. You can follow him at Pete Speakeasy. Uh, I do a show. With Peter called Original Sound Chat, where we talk about the music of video games. We've actually done an episode on Thousand Year Door, which I will probably bring up a lot more when we actually play Thousand Year Door. But we have not done uh, 64 yet. But maybe one day we will. I don't know.
1: I can't know because it's not my show. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Uh, and how does that make you feel?
1: Feels like I have to do a lot less work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's correct. <laughs> 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 um, that is the correct way to feel. You can follow the show itself at Smash to Pieces uh, on YouTube and on Twitter. Those are the main places you are going to find us. It's uh, where you're going to see most of our stuff. But we stream all of the main list games on Twitch.tv slash Nintendo World Report. Uh, streams happen most Thursdays, and then for the other person, they happen whenever they can. It's there's no real set date for the for the second person. But yeah, yeah, that's a show. We did it. We Just talked like about Paper Mario. Paper
1: Mario is a game. Yeah. Well, bye everybody. My name is Jill. <laughs> My name is Matt
0: and we'll be back for whatever the hell game we're talking about now.